I am so tired. Yeah, it's been one heck of a week. But you know, we have one sworn duty that we must fulfill before we sleep. Talk about comics? Yes. I'm Christina Edelman. And I'm Chris Edelman. And this is Chris's on Infinite Earth. The podcast where nothing will ever be the same. Hey guys, before we get into the episode, I want to give you guys an apology. As you're going to hear, there is uh, some mic difficulties that we had during recording that I did not realize until I went to edit this episode. So... Uh, Chris is going to sound like his normal, wonderful self, but there's a little bit of an echo in my voice, which I apologize for, and that is not the quality that you should expect from Chris's on Infinite Earths. So if this is your first listen, I'm sorry, and I promise it doesn't always sound like that. All right, so with no further ado, I'm going to let you guys get to the episode. Welcome to episode seven of Chris's on Infinite Earths, the finale of our Secret Wars series. Yes, in this episode, we'll be discussing issue 12, the final issue in Secret Wars. Yeah, a double-sized issue. Well, not not literally double, but they like to call that double-sized. So, if you are not familiar with Secret Wars, or you haven't been listening to our podcast thus far, uh, go ahead and stop here. We will wait for you, and go back and give a listen to episodes 1 through 6. Um, before we started, I just wanted to thank all of you who've been tweeting at us, liking the show. Um giving any sort of five-star reviews. We haven't seen any recent five-star reviews to mention on the show, but if you give any five-star reviews to the show, we'll read them out. Yeah, so uh, thanks for everybody who's kept up with us and followed us this far and subscribed. We appreciate those, and we look forward to continue to bring you great episodes after this. Yeah. um, Do you want to start with the summary? Summary. The issue starts as we join our heroes in pieces. It appears that the climactic explosion at the end of the last issue was Dr. Doom obliterating our heroes. Gonna be a pretty short issue, eh? I guess Doom is the hero now as he carefully contains his power again in case he accidentally wipes out a solar system. Doom still, however, seems to doubt the death of the heroes. The other villains continue to hurtle through space aboard their strange impromptu spaceship, likely terrifying the inhabitants of the Denver suburb. The Enchantress summons a water elemental from the bathtub to give her the skinny on the Beyonder, and we find out that he summoned the heroes and villains and put them together in order to study desire, Calvin Klein. He also isn't dead, but is simply nearby doom, biding his time. Doc Ock is ticked off at Molecule Man, believing that there is no way Owen Reese can get them home. However, Reese seems pretty functionally omnipotent at this point and subdues Doc Ock. Meanwhile, though, Volcana is grabbed by Enchantress, who has come to collect on her debt and starts to drain Volcana's life force to power a trip to Asgard. Owen and Lizard intervene, and Lizard and Enchantress are teleported back to Battle World, where they fight. Lizard, unfortunately, is vaporized. Yikes. Flash to Doom, taking a nap, and Claw, possessed by that mysterious force. Claw casts doubt on the heroes' deaths, and even reenacts a plausible scenario of their survival involving a fatal sacrifice from Jaji, even suggesting Doom subconsciously willed it so. Doom rages at this possibility, before Mjolnir flies through the wall. 
Doom nearly loses control of his vast powers before a claw suggests giving a little bit to him to fight the heroes. The heroes, all very fine, battle Claw and an army of strange sound creatures. Captain America fights his way to Doom's chamber, where Doom tells him that there is no way in heck that Cap can beat him. He blows Cap to bits, but suddenly Cap is alive and charging again and again. Doom is beaten, mostly by his own doubt, before Claw reveals himself to be the Beyonder, who leaves Claw's body and reclaims his power, atomizing Claw and Doom in the process. The heroes return to Doom Base, which they still have not renamed. Spider-Man discovers that his suit is possibly quite unique as the clothing-making machine everyone else used seems to make fairly ordinary costumes. Meanwhile, Reed finds a way to teleport everyone back to Earth, and the Thing decides to stay, curious about his newfound ability to change back to Ben Grimm at will. The end? So what did you think of this issue, Chrissy? Well, I feel like they tried to jam-pack a lot in to kind of explain a story that has had very little explanation throughout its life, I guess. Yeah, I actually thought that this issue was kind of weak. Yeah, it it was just like it was trying to tie up all the loose ends all at once. It seemed like an epilogue issue that was kind of trying to also be a climactic ending. But they like had like five other climaxes and were like, I don't know what to do from this point. Mm-hmm. To me, I, I, and we'll get more, I guess, into the discussion of the whole Secret Wars arc at the end. So I'll hold, I'll hold some of those comments off on uh, my thoughts on the overall plot of Secret Wars. I'll hold that off. Yeah, so the uh, cover has, says, After the Big Bang, and it has a triumphant Doctor Doom standing over the fallen bodies of our heroes. Yeah, triumphantly evil-looking, very uh, menacing face there on Doctor Doom. Definitely not uh, someone who is trying to omnipotently help the, the, the universe, I guess? Mm-hmm. It starts off and we see Cap's shield in just pieces. In bits. Yeah, it's supposedly like indestructible shield has been destroyed. This isn't the only time his indestructible shield is destroyed, but it's always like a like a oh my gosh sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So this is this is kind of just this splash page is kind of conveying a, a mood of despair and finality. Mm-hmm. So it, it lists off for us all 21 heroes that are dead. Mm-hmm. A blackjack of heroes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If A, a drinking age of heroes. Yes, yes. Um, I, I don't know anything else. That the number of heroes, is... Jump Street. Oh, see, you, you've just got more, like, Oof. mental energy for the number 21 than I have, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for the bad jokes, readers. So, normally... When we see all the heroes supposedly dead or, like, in some sort of impossible situation, we, we come back and we find out, oh, they're not really dead, and this is how they're getting around dying. But in this case, it's like, no, no, they're dead. They're totally dead. There's never any more Marvel comics after this. Sorry, guys. It's, uh, I don't, you probably haven't even heard of Spider-Man since it's been 30 years since the Spider-Man comic has been published. So, for the sake of this issue... They seem pretty dead. To people reading at the time, I mean, who knows what they thought. Maybe they did think it was the end. They were going to reboot everybody. Well, this was being published concurrently with the other comics. I'm I'm trying to give it the benefit of the doubt here. (laughs) To give this some weight. I actually think this is somewhat worth discussing about crossovers and how their publishing schedule can kind of give away some of the endings. But maybe not right now. Right. I mean, 
just deaths They're... in comic books in general, it's really hard to take any of them seriously. It's true. But this time they're totally dead. Yes. <laughs> so we see Zhaji reacting to this explosion that she can see. I didn't realize they could see Doom Base from the alien village. Like, was it really that close, or is that this explosion just that big? I don't know. It's they're 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 suddenly contracting the size of Battle World since it used to be like unfathomably huge, and now it's like oh, you can just right. I can. Uh, it, Zhaji can see Russia from her house, as it were. <laughs> uh, so, then we uh, see the Tower of Doom. Yes, not Doom Base, this is the Tower of Doom. Yeah, the one that he's constructed since he's gotten the Beyonder's powers. Right. We, we've already made the, the, the amusement park ride jokes, right? Yeah, we can do it again if we feel it's necessary. But Tower of Doom is my favorite, my favorite ride at, at Islands of Adventure. Sounds good. <laughs> All right, so Doom's having a discussion with Paw, and Doom seems seems pretty certain that the heroes are dead. I could I could sense, you know, Doom has probably the same doubts that we had as as readers of this comic of heroes never die. Uh, insert insert mercy joke here. <laughs> I like to believe that in this moment, Doom is so omnipotent that he's reading the comic book and going, I don't know, there's like 30 more pages. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But Claw seems to be putting some doubts into his mind. Claw is like whenever you've done something, but you don't remember if you've done it and you go, oh man, did I turn the burner off? I mean, but we're already halfway to Ohio. Yeah. Yeah. Claw's claws that. Yeah. I don't want a claw. I'm good. Claw can go elsewhere. So you you want to just leave the burner running even though you're halfway to Ohio? No, I just don't want the I don't want that doubt. I want the burner to be off and the heroes to be dead. <laughs> uh, so Doom, I don't know if we really mentioned, seems to have now this ability to turn on and off his Beyonder power. Yeah, he did it in the last issue. Yeah. So when he has his Beyonder power, he's like, just has like a glowy energy coming off of him. Bit of a Super Saiyan thing going on. Mm-hmm. And now he's turned it off. So he just looks like normal, normal dude in some armor. Right. Which he quickly takes off because he wants to have just a little rest. Mm-hmm. Then we see the suburb of Denver looking like some gigantic flying saucer through space. Yeah, it's got the, it's still got that bubble above it. And everybody's having a, just a mad chill in Volcana's apartment. Mm-hmm. I, and I must say, as somebody who lives in a suburb and has for most of her life, that suburb has a lot of tall buildings. It definitely looks like a city. Right. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, it looks like that's Denver. Yeah. <laughs> that's goofy. So, just, just, a little, just a little observation there. And... No, that's blowing my mind. <laughs> Suburbs are mostly just houses. Yeah. And trees that are probably taller than the houses. So conceivably, we would just see trees and, like, some occasional buildings. I mean, we know that there are apartment buildings there. And looking in on it, maybe they're not that tall, because we also see just some flat areas. And maybe the buildings aren't that tall compared to that. I don't know. It's kind of hard to see sense scale in this, as we've mentioned with things before. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, Volcana's decided... Not Volcana. um, Enchantress has decided that she wants a bath. But not really. Nah, she's um, summoning a water elemental. Mm-hmm. I Can we call it a bathtub elemental, please? I think I called it a bathtub elemental somewhere in my notes. <laughs> bathtub elemental. It's just, there's like little hairs just kind of like clogged in one part. 
<laughs> little soap scum ring. So this is this is an interesting method for basically the entire plot of Secret Wars just being explained. This is buck wild. It's ridiculous. If you would have said like, "What's Enchantress going to do in this issue?" I wouldn't go. Well, talk to a bathtub. That would have been maybe tenth on my list. So yeah, we have basically it looks like. A woman in water form, except she also has water, like, dripping off of her. Mm-hmm. I, it, the way that it's drawn is a little, I don't know, it seems a little silly to me. Like, No, I like it. Okay. But. Um, but, so Enchantress is like, give me the lowdown on the Beyonder. And this water elemental just happens, like, well, I was gossiping with some people. And I guess I know a little bit. And then she ex- you know, proceeds to explain in great detail everything that went on with the Beyonder. Yeah, she just info dumps. It's really a uh, a tell-don't-show moment. Yeah. So here's what we get from the Water Elemental. Uh, the Beyonder was in his own realm, chilling out. He was everything. Everything was him. Mm-hmm. Then this little pinhole in, in space that we've seen several times gets opened up, and he peers into... Uh, this world, and is fascinated by people mm-hmm. and their desires. Yes. So he wants to study desire, and that's why he brings them together to fight. It goes back to the, and all you desire shall be yours part. Mm-hmm. And he grouped them together by kind of what they desire. And that's why Magneto ended up with the heroes, because Magneto doesn't have selfish desires. He desires for something for mutant kind. Mm -hmm. And the heroes in general, their desires tend to be like protecting people for the greater good. Whereas the villains had personal desires. Right. So, I guess, selfish desires. I mean, me, I I have personal desires. I have both kind of desires. I don't know that you could sort me into either one of those categories, which is, I guess, why I wasn't brought to Battleworld. It's true. You also don't have superpowers, and apparently the Beyonder was also super into superheroes. So the Beyonder is uh, is your eight-year-old child mm-hmm. with omnipotent powers. Just Bashing toys together. Bashing toys, toys together. So the Elemental just basically conveys all this and then kind of recaps what's gone on. But she also uh, spills to Enchantress some sad news. I don't know what's sad news. The heroes are dead, including Thor. Oh, that's sad news. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which, which I mean, only the Thor being dead part is really that sad to Enchantress. Right. Uh, the rest she's kind of eh about. Um, but she, she kind of discovers also what Doom's plans are. It's like Right. The elemental wasn't able to tell her that. So she decides that she's going to shove the elemental back in the bathtub water and boil it and then just summon these visions herself, I guess. It, <laughs> it's strange. The enchantress has whatever powers the plot calls for. Right. Which in this case is finding out that the heroes are obliterated. Dr. Doom is planning on invading hell and taking back his mother's soul. And the Beyonder is... Not dead. He's close by Doom. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Ooh. I wonder what 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 uh, foreshadowing we've had for that. I don't know. I don't know if I've picked up on any foreshadowing. No, I'm such a dummy that I didn't think that was the Beyonder. I was like, I wonder who that is. Oh. Yeah. Well, we'll get there. Your hubby is silly. Um. So then we we kind of go to outside where the lizard is kind of having a freak out because he doesn't like being around people. Yeah. 
I mean, I wouldn't really enjoy being stuck in an apartment for days on end with that particular group of people. That's a four camera sitcom that no one wants to watch. (laughs) Actually, we all want to watch that. (laughs) I mean, I'm pretty sure it's the equivalent of many reality TV shows already in existence. It's like Big Brother, except you all have superpowers. Yep. Yep. And very little furniture. And very little furniture. And strange outfits. Yep. And Volcana uh, comes to Lizard's aid because, you know, people. she was worried people were going to want to hurt Lizard because Lizard was freaking out. Right. And they did want to hurt Yeah, they, Lizard. They, they, they said, let's kill that overgrown salamander. Right. Although it turns out that Dr. Doom is just... Or not Dr. Doom. Doc... It turns out Doc Ock is really just kind of mad because he doesn't think Owen Reese can get them back to Earth. He's like, we've barely gone anywhere. Right. Like, so, I mean, and he makes some pretty good points. No matter how tra- fast they're traveling, even if they're traveling at the speed of light, it's going to still take, like, millions or billions of years to get back to Earth. Right. But, uh, and so he starts kind of wrecking the wall and just being generally angry. And then Owen Reese just kind of pops into existence next to him. He apparently wasn't there before and then suddenly just is. Right. And he assures Doc Ock that he can, in fact, get them home. However, Volcana is now led off by kind of a seductive voice and kind of a fun little pink bubble text. Thought bubble. Yeah. And the uh, silhouette of Enchantress. Right. And this is actually like, I think this is the last we see of Titania. Yeah. She, she really doesn't say she has anything. No here. lines in this. I mean, neither does. I mean, I guess uh, some of the wrecking crew had a, a couple little lines when we heard a little bit from the absorbing man as the enchantress was coming out of the bathtub. Right, but I guess the end of Titania's arc was really the the doubt of being mega strong. Mm-hmm. Kind of a, she kind of had an Icarus right. moment of flying too close to the sun and getting smacked down. Mm-hmm. Setting up for a longtime rivalry with She-Hulk. True. Um, and yeah, Titania just kind of gets folded in in the occasional villains gallery of of marvel she'll show up again and again yep so suddenly volcana is just in her little leotard in the park with enchantress doing this kind of goofy pose and saying how did i get here has she changed out of that leotard no i feel like i mean granted none of the villains have or heroes have really had like multiple outfits everybody's been wearing the same clothes they stinky yeah they are very stinky yeah and Vol- or Volcana has been called to collect on her debt of whatever Enchantress wanted. And Enchantress wants her life force so she can get back to Asgard using the power. Mm-hmm. Which Volcana's like, hey, that's not fair. But Enchantress is like, you probably shouldn't have promised me anything in a magical bargain. Right. Then says mean things about her, calling her swollen in a sow and stuff. Because well, Enchantress is just like that. Yep. We go back to Doc Ock fighting Owen Reese. And Owen just kind of points out that there are stars in the sky. Yeah, which he willed back into existence. So he's Molecule Man's trying to demonstrate his power to Doc Ock, so Doc Ock will trust him. But Doc Ock is not buying it and tries to like crush Owen Reese. Right. So Owen just kind of wraps him in concrete that he kind of turns liquid and like forms around. Doc Ock, and it's basically just like, dude, I'll get us home, but you're you're just stuck here now. Mm-hmm. He says that he's going to uh, turn Doc Ock into the authorities when they get back, actually. Right. He says that a little therapy would do him well. 
But apparently Owen has discovered, like, space warps and stuff, so he'll probably just, like, warp them home. Yeah, he's just, he's getting super, super powerful. Right. So I kept thinking that this was building towards something with Owen Reese that would be in this issue. But it's not. It's totally not. So in the next scene, Lizard and Owen discover Enchantress kind of draining Volcana of her life force, and they go to to attack her, but she uses the energy that she'd gotten from Volcana, who's still alive, Volcana's still alive, mm-hmm. to teleport away, taking the lizard with her. Mm-hmm. And uh, they wind up back on Battleworld. Yep, where they start to fight a little bit more. Lizard slashes at Enchantress's face, which she becomes incensed about. Oh, yeah. You can't... You can't mar that beautiful face. Right. Although apparently she can just repair it. It just takes a bit. Mm-hmm. So she incinerates Yeah. Lizard. Just, just... He's just a pile of ash. Yeah. And then she, with the remaining energy, kind of does a blind teleport to somewhere. Well, I mean, she's sort of... She's trying took, to get to Asgard. Yeah, she took the energy from Lizard. Right. To get to Asgard. And that's the last we see of Enchantress. And the last we see of Owen and, and the villains. Yeah. That's it. That's all the ending they get. It's very weird. Mm-hmm. I really thought it was going to lead to some moment with Owen Reese doing something. I mean, he's super powerful now, but it mm-hmm. doesn't seem like it really served the plot. Why was he there at all? I mean, I guess to get them back home? I guess so. So we're back with Doc Ock and Claw, and Claw has kind of this mysterious glowing eyes because he's possessed. And mouth. And mouth. He looks like a jack-o'-lantern. He does. He's a claw-o'-lantern. Yeah. Jack-o'-lan-claw. jack o clan turn We'll workshop it. <laughs> it sounds like a strange bird. Jack-claw. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Jack-claw is going to be the name of my next D&D character. And Dr. Doom had dozed off, but Dr. Doom suddenly wakes up and then the, the, the radiant energy or whatever disappears from Claw and he kind of is like, oh, oh yeah. you woke up. And Doom's like, why don't you let me fall asleep, man? Yeah. Don't you realize in my dreams I can change the world? <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Doom's dreams really can change the world, but not in ways that he wants. He was like, I could accidentally obliterate a solar system or have a weird dream and then maybe I will accidentally show up to school naked. Or worse yet, I could bring the heroes back to life. Yeah, that seems to be the worst problem. <laughs> and Claw sort of goes, well, maybe you did bring the heroes back to life. Maybe they weren't dead after all. Let me construct for you this this somewhat plausible scenario about how the heroes may or may not have come back to life. And he says that, you know, since he can manipulate sound, he's going to make 3D images. He's going to make a little a little play. It's true. For Doom and, and act out. <laughs> act out what could have happened. Improv by Claw. So this is this is elaborate. Yes. This is like Jim Shooter just going, well, I got to blow him up and find a way to have him out, not blown up. Got it. Right. So Zhaji looking on, seeing the destruction, which we know did happen. Mm-hmm. Then imagining Zhaji traveling on some sort of dragon or yeah. winged creature. Definitely dragon-like, but with a curly Q-tail. Yep. And where she discovers the bits and pieces of all of the heroes and uses so much of her healing energy not to bring everybody back to life because she can't she can't do that but to stabilize their cells somewhat mm-hmm. so they could potentially be regenerated she puts them into stasis which is kind of the same thing that happened with wasp when we thought she was dead she's just in stasis stasis two blue mana for upkeep player you just gotta skip your untap step 
Uh-huh. That's a one percenter joke. Yep. <laughs> Only one percent of our of of, of all of our readers, one percent will get that. Then he imagines that Jaji discovers that Colossus is is still kind of mostly together because after the suggestion was made that a bolt from the blue could strike and kill them all, he he got on his steel. Yeah. Steel skin. He uh shields up. Uh-huh. So he was mostly somewhat saved, enough so that she can use her remaining life force to heal him. Right. And then we, she dies in his arms. And she dies in his arms. In in this in this hypothetical scenario. Uh-huh. And then in this same hypothetical scenario, Colossus gr- quickly grabs Mr. Fantastic Reed Richards and throws him in one of those healing pods. Mm-hmm. Because he's elastic and he wouldn't be as as beat up as everybody else. Right. And then when Mr. Fantastic would get healed... He would build mm-hmm. even more healing pods to heal all the heroes. Right. Really fast. And then he's going to want to hang his picture on the wall. Or on the fridge. Oh my goodness. How many of our readers know Give a Mouse a Cookie well enough to get that? Oh. Just from that line. If you give a Mr. Fantastic a healing pod, he's going to build a bunch more. <laughs> Readers, I hope you have a lovable toddler who has you read that book over and over and over again so much that you know all those lines by heart. And if you don't, that's okay, too. But we do, so you're going to have to share in that with us at this moment. This whole line of thought really freaks Doom out. His face is kind of hilarious to me. Just this grimace that he has. It's me when I wake up in the middle of the night with like a, oh my god, did I forget to do something at work that I can't change at this point face. One of those... (laughs) (laughs) It's it's fantastic. Considering this is one of the only storylines in which we see Doom's face, it's kind of great that it gets to be so emotive. Mm Mm-hmm. So Claw even goes so far to suggest that maybe Doom really didn't even want the heroes dead all that much, and he helped along this process, that that Doom subconsciously brought the heroes back to life, basically. Right, because he was like, if you really wanted them gone, why wouldn't you just make them disappear? Like, at, like completely subatomically and be annihilated. this is what I've said so many times when they've tried to destroy the heroes. Molecule Man can do so many things, but yet it's got to be a big kaboom explosion that they can survive. You can't just... Comics. I'm sorry that exasperates you. Not that I want the heroes to be dead. I'm just sometimes villains seem very stupid. They are often written as not necessarily thinking through everything as well as they could be. But a lot of times the heroes are written as like surviving through pure guile or luck. Mm-hmm. So Doom lashes out at Claw. Yeah, because Claw tells him, well, you could you could just check to see if they're still alive just by turning on your power. Kind of like Claw wants that power to be back on. Right. And he checks, and it seems that there is something... Well, he says they're dead, they're dead, they're dead, but he was thinking about, well, if I think about them being alive... They might actually be alive. They might actually be alive. Yeah. This kind of reminds me of... Do you remember... Um, Kilgrave in the Jessica Jones show mm-hmm. and he tried to like get sympathy points at some point by claiming like maybe how many times did he accidentally like when how do how is it that when I tell someone something how do I know if I'm controlling them or if they're just right doing something for me mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of a, a thin comparison but that like I really love the idea of having a power and not knowing 
enough about it to know if what it's doing. Right. I think that's kind of a neat plot point, and I kind of love it here. It really demonstrates the that Doctor Doom, while he is omnipotent, still has sort of the the problems of mortal people. We still all have those errant thoughts and those. The, I think they call them intrusive thoughts. And if you have intrusive thoughts with omnipotence, how do you know that just by thinking about them, you're not subtly or, or dramatically changing events? So, just as Doom is thinking those thoughts of, they are dead! We get a splash page of Mjolnir flying through the wall with a big kaboom! Mm-hmm. And so, I think we know that uh, at least Thor's alive. Just him. Just him. Uh, Marvel is the Marvel Comics series is they're all about Thor now is a dramatic reinvention in the eighties. And as you guys all know, Thor is now the only hero published by Marvel Comics. Mm-hmm. No, of course not. So after seeing the hammer, Doom turns his power back on finally, and it goes bonkers. He accidentally maybe almost blows up a sun that's nearby or something. Yeah. And then he goes, Oh no, 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 gotta turn him back off. And Claw says, Well, you can give me a little bit. You can give me a little bit of something, something. Mm-hmm. Break, break me off a piece. He does actually say break me off a piece. Does he really? I, doesn't he? Oh, no, he doesn't. I mean, Why did I think that? Because it was a really good line and I should write comics. No. <laughs> so Doom gives him half of his Kit Kat bar of power. Actually, mm-hmm. supposedly like an infinitesimally like a, small just a amount. a tiny little fraction of it. Right. Enough to put out suns and, and that, but still a tiny amount. Again. Secret Wars scale. <laughs> so Claude is going to go and battle the heroes, who are all good. We are on the next page. They are all they're all rolling up, uh, with in action poses. Cap's shield though is still kind of beat up. Yeah, it's just in pieces here. And uh, Spidey mentions that his Spidey sense kicked into overdrive, and something awesomely dangerous this way comes. <laughs> Radically life threatening. <laughs> Uh, and it's a big, scary, pink, three-eyed gorilla monster. And it's huge. It's like it's like the size of a of a building. Yeah, and not like like a normal building, not like a not a Secret Wars building. Right, right. Like some... it's, it's not the size of Denver. <laughs> it's not the size of Denver. It's not the size of however many pentagons. It turns out that Claw can now make these monsters real with his sound powers. Mm-hmm. Between the power that Doom gave him, and so now he now all of these because like, we saw him do the three D thing before with this little his little play, but now whatever he creates can be actually real with that power. Which I feel like in his first appearance in Fantastic Four, he made quote real sound creatures, but I'm guessing these have more substance. I guess mm-hmm. he also brings Ultron back. Ultron was just kind of standing nearby, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Ultron's back to life and going out to face the heroes as well, along with, like, just this bevy of monsters. Like, I don't know. It's like if uh, if all the monsters that, like, a 10-year-old drew were actually real. Yeah, some of them are kind of fun. One of them, to me, looks a little bit like one of the robots from Mystery Science Theater 3000. He's kind of up at the top and has wings. He's like a little robot snake. Yeah. You got a, a giant kind of alien looking thing that's shooting like laser beams out of its eyes. Right. We got a kind of Kirby monster almost a little bit in the bottom left corner. Uh, it's kind of fun. They look a little bit like Johnny Quest, Johnny Quest monsters. I, I was super into that page. I thought it was mm-hmm. a lot of fun. I like when artists can kind of go wild like that. Mm-hmm. 
So then we just get a, a few pages of fights. Yeah, uh, we've got the thing going in or about to go back to his Ben Grimm form and deciding, no, I don't want to be back Ben Grimm, not now. And then suddenly he's the thing again. Right. So then he wallops a monster and he and uh, She-Hulk kind of share a moment. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the, the thing, he he's crying a little bit. He's like, I think... I think I can control it. And being able to control it, that's like an amazing thing. He hasn't been able to be himself at will since he's gotten his powers. Yeah, definitely. It's it's At will. Sometimes it kind of comes and goes. But yes, we've, we've mentioned that. But he's <laughs> never been the one controlling it. Right. So then we have the Hulk walloping Ultron. However, Ultron looks to maybe be getting the upper hand when a bunch of heroes try to dogpile on Ultron. But then he just falls to pieces. Yeah, and they're they're like, what on earth just happened? Turns out the Hulk did make a little dent in Ultron. Enough of a dent that the Wasp could fly inside Ultron's armor and just pull all sorts of wires. <laughs> Which is kind of great. Yeah, I love it. So now Ultron, Ultron's down. He was up for two pages. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like they built, they built Ultron up so much throughout Secret Wars that that just... Seems a little anticlimactic with him. When Ultron was established in his first storyline, when they finally, like, beat him the first time, they literally did, like, the Ozymandias poem from, like, like ancient times, talking about, like, the fall of kings and stuff. <laughs> so it's kind of strange seeing him getting, getting mm-hmm. creamed so much in Secret Wars. So then we have another big old splash page with all these monsters fighting the heroes. Right. There's one who kind of I thought was almost the Hulk for a second, but he's got fuzzy, fuzzy arms and feet. And it's it's not the Hulk. It just right. kind of looked like him a little bit. Mm-hmm. And Cap is like, OK, this is this is ridiculous. I just need to go find Doom. And Claw's like, uh, uh-uh, you can't get past me. Now, did this page the I'm sorry, not to, not to interrupt did this page with the monsters to look like it was maybe done by a different artist, like a fill in. So if you compare it to the page before, it just seems kind of different. So the first big splash page with the monsters, I felt like the art after that was a little bit different than that page. And I feel like this is even a little, I don't know. So I'm not sure if they're, yeah, it's just a slightly different style. Now I looked and the artist, Mike, Mike Zek, Mike Zek is still the only credited penciler. So if it's a fill-in artist, they weren't credited at the front, but it just looks like maybe fill-in to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, it it does have a different background color. The sky is pink on this page, which I feel like gives a whole different tone to all of this, which I think is maybe supposed to be more dramatic because we have things on fireplaces. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Slightly different feel. So am I, I'm sorry for interrupting. We now have Captain America doing what? So we have Captain America who is going to seek out Doom and Claw's like, uh-uh, you can't get past me. And he just kicks him in the head and keeps going. Yep. <laughs> And Claw seems pleased with this, actually. He Claw, gets up. He let like, himself get beat. Perfect. Right. This is what he wants. And Doom is is sitting, kind of having a having a drink in his lounge chair, and Captain America charges him. And he's like, oh, of course it would be you. Right. But he says, well, you can't beat me. I'm omnipotent. And Captain America's like, well, don't be so sure the Beyonder was omnipotent. Mm-hmm. But in his, in his rage, Dr. Doom... He lets out this huge blast of energy and, like, blows Atomizes. apart. Yeah, blows apart Captain America. He's nothing. Except he's back. 
mm-hmm. in the next panel. He's suddenly yeah. back charging at Doom again. Yeah, because we see in the in the distance when Cap first charges, we see Claw with that energy coming out of his face, and Claw has, still has some of that energy that that Doom gave him. So my thought was maybe Claw brings him back here. Well, yes, yes. So and then Doom blows him apart again, but he's back again. Mm-hmm. Over and over, Cap charges him until Doom just seems to kind of give up. Right. It looks like Cap's about to give him give him kind of a, a left hook with the shield, and then he just sort of, or Doom just sort of kind of falls to his knees and starts to kind of lose control of his power. There's some, some surges out in space. It looks like the Doom Tower, it looks like it's starting to shake. Mm-hmm. And Doom just can't seem to control his powers. Right. Cap offers help because he says Doom needs an anchor. However, Claw uh, chooses this moment to kind of strike. Mm-hmm. We see this shimmering radiance, which we've seen before, come out of Claw, and we discover that it is the Beyonder, and it envelops Doom and takes its power back. Right. And then Claw, who is back to himself, runs to help Doom, but they both disappear into kind of dust i don't think i don't think it's implied that they're dead but they're just gone yeah so and we we don't have any follow-up on that that's the last we see of dr doom in this issue and and claw in the entire crossover Mm -hmm. we have cap rejoining the heroes who have defeated all of the monsters yep and he's like well i i guess it's all over. Let's get back to Doom Base. Right. And the rest of this uh, issue is going to be kind of be falling action. Mm-hmm. So they go to a grave that they've made for Jaji. Yeah. And Colossus is pretty broken up about it all. Right. I feel like Jaji didn't get a lot of character development. No. I mean, we, we never understood anything she said. She was just somebody who cared a lot and was there for the heels. Yeah. <laughs> she was the, the wordless cleric. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be a fun D- D&D character. A, a character cleric. that spoke a language that none of the other players understood. That would be really good. So a lot of... You'd have to role play a character that doesn't talk in theater of the mind. That'd be kind of fascinating. Mm-hmm. So All right. the, the heroes go back to Doom Base. Spider-Man is kind of having a little introspection. And before going back to the room where everybody makes costumes... And Storm and the professor are arguing about him being the leader or not. And he says, well, maybe I don't have to be the leader, but maybe I can come in for some combat, yeah. do some combat professor leadership. Professor X has made this, this costume that really hugs him. It's dopey looking, too. A bright yellow costume with black boots and a black X and belt. He considers this, quote, appropriately attired. Yes. For battle. Yeah. I mean, if he was camouflaged, how would anybody see him? <laughs> Superheroes have a strange <laughs> term for appropriately attired. But then, as they're kind of arguing about this, Spider-Man realizes that that's not the machine that he used to get his outfit. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey guys, uh, well, do your costumes have like powers? Do they, they respond to your thoughts? Johnny's like, no, they're just clothes, man. <laughs> And then Spider-Man goes, oh, I wonder why mine do. Oh, well. (laughs) And Holt's got a broken leg, but Mr. Fantastic couldn't heal him, so... Well, he has too much gamma radiation. It would, like, ruin the machines or something. Right, which, you know, 
he was brought back to life, like, pages beforehand in one of these same machines. So I feel like it's a little silly, but, you know, whatever. Right. So Hulk's got this big old leg brace and this ridiculous-looking crutch. The crutch looks like Mr. Fantastic just pulled a piece of a machine off and was like, just have this. Yeah, kind of exactly like that. Um. So Hawkeye meets Hulk in the hallway and is like, hey, look, I made some new arrows, which that's the this is the culmination of Hawkeye's arc in Secret Wars. I feel like all he's done is talk about arrows for like at least half of Secret Wars. It's like when I want to see the character outlines that that uh, that everybody was working with. They're all conferencing. They're like, Hawkeye, arrows? Question mark. <laughs> I mean... It's more than a lot of the female heroes have gotten. She-Hulk. 80s? Green? Strong. Bodacious. <laughs> and Hulk's just kind of mad. And Hawkeye's like, oh, he seems to be turning back more into his savage self. Mm-hmm. He's like, I better make some more arrows. <laughs> oh, Hawkeye. And then in walks an armless man. Uh, yes. Well, not he has one arm. I said armless, not armsless. <laughs> a a one-armed gentleman uh who if if uh, we're familiar with spider-man and we are is doc connor um who is the lizard's human form yeah i don't want to say alter ego i mean i guess that's true but it's, it's he's half of lizard that's human he's the docker Je- D- docker jekyll the dr jekyll to lizard's mr hyde yeah and apparently when he got incinerated, I guess it just turned him back into Dr. Connor. Or something. Mm-hmm. You know, comics, nobody dies. Right, but they're happy to see him and they're gonna, uh-huh. they'll take him back too. We finally, finally, again, somebody mentions, Nightcrawler mentions, oh yeah, Lockheed, Kitty's Dragon. We probably need to be great if we found him before we left. And then, uh, as if on cue... Lockheed mm-hmm. shows up with a lady dragon. It's almost as if what Nightcrawler desired just magically happened. Oh, good for it. That was some, that was some subtle foreshadowing. <laughs> that's, that's a good pod. Uh, there is Lockheed and yeah, another another dragon. So they're like, oh, well, I think it's Wolverine says, oh, you found a local chippy. Chippy. This is this is the second time Chippy has been. Yeah, there's some interesting '80s slang in there. I, 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 this is this is the this is my maiden voyage on hearing Chippy <laughs> referring to a lady. Uh, so and and that's all the explanation we got on Lockheed. He was in the first issue and the last issue. Yep. And that's it. And I feel like he could have been really useful at many points throughout this. So there is a comic book that has recently come out called Deadpool's Secret Secret Wars. Mm-hmm. And it's like a retcon where Deadpool was in Secret Wars too, but he was off doing other things. Uh, and I kind of wonder if he sees Lockheed at all in it. Uh, I gotta read that. Yeah. I mean, it's on Marvel Unlimited. Okay. Which, if you guys didn't know, that's how we've been reading Secret Wars. If you wanted to read along with us for any Marvel comics that are mostly on Marvel Unlimited. Mm-hmm. So it turns out, uh, as you as you so uh, cleverly foreshadowed, Mr. Fantastic Reed Richards mentions that all these nice things seem to be happening almost as if the residual energy from the Beyonder is reacting to their desires Mm -hmm. and kind of making them come true. Mm -hmm. This is the secret. You visualize what you want and you make it happen, except it's it's real. It's magical. Right. Right. So to confirm Mr. Fantastic's theory, we have 
Captain America, who's gathered all of the broken pieces of his shield and wills it to be whole again. Right, and there's this great panel of him holding it, and the shield kind of dings, and he's grinning, and I really wanted his grin to ding with the shield. Oh, that would be perfect. Yeah, just shiny white smile, shiny <laughs> shiny shield. Um, so it's it, this is kind of becoming an all's well, ends well thing. Mr. Fantastic has created a way to teleport people back to Earth, mm-hmm. kind of using, using a relay. Using, yeah, the construct that they were brought here on right. as a relay for it. He's like, but we can only do a few people at a time. So he kind of sends people by their their group somewhat. Right, except for um, Magneto, who decides to not go with the X-Men. Yeah, Magneto goes with the, the first batch of, of, I guess, non-affiliated heroes. So he goes with Spider-Woman, Hulk... Spider-Man, and uh, Dr. Connors. Mm-hmm. Then it's the X-Men's turn, and Colossus is is pretty still down in the dumps, understandably. From He's the... like, no, I'm not going to go. Right. But then Xavier kind of kind of guilts him a little bit and says, are you going to waste this life moping that she gave to you? And he's like, no, I guess not. Mm-hmm. And and Lockheed gets in there, too. But then so does so does the other dragon, right. randomly. And uh, Reed presses the button as the other dragon gets in, and it kind of has a big f- explosion feedback, but mm-hmm. I guess everybody's going to be fine from it. Yeah, he's like, well, I hope they'll get back all in one piece. Okay, let's right. go. Well, at least the device the is still working. <laughs> um, so then the Avengers are going next. But She-Hulk says she's not going with them. No, she's going to take Ben Grimm's place in the Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. Just switching teams. Yep. Because Ben Grimm has decided he's not going back to Earth yet. He's going to stay on Battle World because he wants to figure out how he's changing back and forth. Mm-hmm. And he, he demonstrates, he look at this, I can do it at will now here. Like, I can, and I need to figure out why that is. Right. It's super important to him. And as, so the Avengers go and the Fantastic, or the, the part of the Fantastic Four that's here uh, are getting ready to leave. And Mr. Fantastic's thinking... Oh, if only if only I told him what I suspect about his transformations, which really doesn't get uh, dug into much in Secret Wars, but elsewhere, I mean, it's been revealed that Mr. Fantastic just su- suspects that Ben Grimm can always transform back and forth between his forms, regardless of where he's at. It's just a mental block on his part. But he thinks that sharing this information would destroy him, so he doesn't. It's like, I'm just going to let him stay here on Battleworld and f- figure it out or not. Anytime someone writes Reed Richards, they have to write him with all the answers, and it's sometimes infuriating. Mm-hmm. But we we end this comic with Ben Grimm just kind of sitting on a rock in Battle World with that he's going to be a little lonesome, but there's nothing to fear but fear itself. And the end. That was the end. Don't. So I guess before I, I kind of want to do a, a little summary of the comic and what we thought about Secret Wars in general. Yeah. But discuss bef- our thoughts before then. Do we want to do? Accolades? Okay, first accolades. Alright, so... Best line. Best line. When Spider-Man is having his little his little monologue and discovers all the heroes are gathered, he says, maybe they got a super TV in there that's picking up the Muppets. Daily Devil! Daily Devil! That's crazy, given the amount of lines that are in this, like, 43-page issue. I just, like, like, I'm just imagining Peter Parker, like, eating snacks on his couch with, like, 
Like he's he's like exhausted from a night out and he's like pulled up the part of his mask with his mouth and it's just eating watching the Muppets and that he just is like the entire time he's just been really missing not seeing the Muppets. <laughs> oh yeah, that was great. That was fantastic. So yeah. that was yours too. It was mine too. I'm sorry for taking yours. Well, that's okay. That's very good. Uh-huh. All right. All right, greatest hero. Jaji. Oh. She saved everybody's life. I put the Beyonder. Okay. Because he sort of made everything back to the way it was. You know, except Except not really, because the heroes were all still there. Right, and he kind of caused everything in the first place. Right. Maybe I didn't think that went through enough. I mean, I guess, I guess, a little bit there. He, I mean, he got his powers back for himself. Yep, and he's gone for now. Yeah. For He is gone for now. The Beyonder will show up again, <laughs> unfortunately. So, uh, coolest moment. What was your coolest moment? The splash page where Mjolnir flies through the wall. Mm. And Doom and Claw see it. And Doom's got this kind of look of horror. Because yeah. even though he's omnipotent, he still has this fear about of the heroes that's really kind of neat. Mm-hmm. And then the my coolest moment was just the battle with all the crazy beasts that was a fun splash page Mm -hmm. such a fun art piece i mean we had a couple splash pages in that battle yeah i think that was a pretty cool moment Mm -hmm. especially it's like mike zek just got to go kind of nuts drawing monsters what what can you imagine and you put it on the page yeah that sounds like a lot of fun so uh silly villainy yeah the crusher creel award for silly villainy for me, goes to Enchantress for interrogating a bathtub elemental. We have two Daily Devils. Two Daily Devils? I don't think there was that much silly villainy. I think that was the that was the clear silly villainy moment right. in Unless, this issue. Um, my, my close second was Claw's little 3D play of the heroes coming back to life. <laughs> right. Well, though, that was, that was I think, uh, to me, that had too had much more, purpose. Yeah. So this was this was definitely the silliest thing. Yeah, my I literally just put two words with a period, bathtub elemental. Period. <laughs> All right, well that was pretty quick accolades because I guess we kind of had a bunch of the same ones. Yeah, a lot of overlap. Yeah. So do we want to do a a little quick wrap up of Secret Wars? Yeah, let's get into a summary here of our of our thoughts. When I came into Secret Wars, uh-huh. the first issue, I... So, there's... Secret Wars is somewhat controversial in that there's a lot of people who think it's really dumb and a lot of people who think it's really great. hmm And I... I actually don't know how I feel about it, really. So, here are my thoughts. I think it's a very entertaining premise that has some really great points throughout the story. It definitely has its highs. But I think the overall justification for the plot is kind of just thrown in at the end. It is. You can tell that this was this was not a plot engineered into this book. It was this book engineered into a plot. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, I mean, we know that's that's true. We know this book was lit- literally came about as like an external force acting in Marvel to have a story. Mm-hmm. But you can really tell that some of this stuff just had to be sort of justified. Right, like the whole. The whole justification for the plot comes from a bathtub elemental. It's true. Like, the whole reasoning for why they're there to begin with. Yeah, the whole desire thing. I think there's there's bits where they seem like they're going to go somewhere and then it gets abandoned. Like Reed Richards having the heart-to-heart with Galactus, then going, I guess I have to fight him anyway. Does this mean Galactus was having a heart-to-heart with him saying, hey, you have to fight me? That's never quite clear. Right. So, 
Secret Wars to me is a series of really cool moments with a weak plot. Yes, I think that's true. And I think it started in a way that I was really excited about, but it didn't ultimately end up delivering. Yeah. Right. Um, I think if I was a 12-year-old boy, I would have been stoked to read this. Mm -hmm. This would have been everything I would have liked. It's got all the heroes. They do cool stuff. There's cool moments. Right. And I mean, we are reading comic books that are intended for, (laughs) intended for, in the 80s, mostly young males. Right. But there were characters like Lockheed. Who were there, but then just gone. Or characters that were very underused. Yeah, Captain Marvel was very underused. Hawkeye. The Wrecking Crew was really just kind of there to be beefy dudes to get beat up. Mm-hmm. Or to pilot toy walkers. Iron Man, I don't know if he really said or did much at all in that last issue. He, he and had... Captain Marvel did almost nothing, which is not good. Right. You had your only, your only, uh, minorities. Yeah. Your only people, her persons of color. And they were just like completely ignored in that last issue, mm-hmm. which is not, it's just, it does you can't have an excuse for it. It was, mm-hmm. I mean, of the women, I think she Hulk probably got the most, uh, attention and time. Uh, maybe wasp. Her. I mean, wasp did die. They built her up before they killed her. And then, you know, it was like, okay, she's back. Right. Yeah. And we had some interesting conflicts happening with the X-Men and Storm a little bit. But uh, the X-Men a lot, I feel like, were also very underutilized as well. They had some high moments and they had some good points in the plot. I just feel like in a story with so many characters, it's very difficult to utilize them all. Everybody got reduced to one dimension with the exception of maybe Doctor Doom. And also, no, I still think Cap was kind of one dimensional. Mm -hmm. Maybe Mr. Fantastic a little bit with his... You know, his desires for his family mm-hmm. and the back and forth about what he should do a little bit. That being said, there is some cool stuff. Mm-hmm. But it is, you're right. It's it's a lot of cool moments. And I, I think there's no point in this comic where I was bored. And I think if you're going to, if you're going to be kind of light on good plot or coherent plot, at least don't bore me. So it did that. Yeah. So it was entertaining, but it's not, it's not the story we would hope for, for the action that occurred. Now, would you would you recommend this to someone who already reads comics? I I mean, it was a fun read, mm-hmm. but there were definitely points that I got frustrated with it. I, I I don't know. For me, it was a lot of fun because I am like so new to comics that this gave me a lot of like it's like a quick crash course on the Marvel universe, mm-hmm. all the characters, the who's who. So it, I mean, it, it does give you that. That's true. But if you're a seasoned comic book reader, I don't know. Maybe it wouldn't give you that. But you enjoy a lot of the action, and you said you were entertained. Yes. So. Would you recommend it to someone who has never read comics as their first comic book? See, I, I feel like the crash course on the characters is both it's it's a, a good point, but it can also be its downfall. Because mm-hmm. I feel like a, a brand new reader might be a little bit overwhelmed by all of it. I mm-hmm. mean, it does give you a very one-dimensional view of these are who all these people are. But unless you're taking the time early on to really sort out who these characters are in your head, I feel like they can kind of get jumbled for you a bit. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that is kind of tough. I think I do think it's somewhat of a good jumping-on point for Marvel. Mm-hmm. But maybe not the greatest one, which maybe we'll have to discover as we continue our crossover journey. Mm-hmm. So I 
guess that wraps up Secret Wars. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about in regards to it? I kind of want to see what some of those toys were like. Yeah, I do kind of want to look those up. Um, it made me kind of want to find out what was the next issue that like Molecule Man, Doctor Doom appeared yeah. in to see kind of what happened to them. Yeah, you you want to know. So I guess it does leave you with wanting to know more about what happened with all of these characters. Right. I want to know what, what happened to Ben Graham. Right. You don't have a lot. There's a lot of things unresolved at the end. So it does give you that need to keep reading. Mm -hmm. And now you have all of these different storylines that you have to follow if you want to know what's going on with all these these characters that you got close to. Well, you will find in most of these crossovers as we read them, they very much end on a the end plus. Mm -hmm. This story is done, but you definitely want to read what's next. And it's it's the nature of this. It's the nature of comics. Yeah, the comics will never end. They are always serial. They are always serialized. So mm -hmm. no ending is definitive. You definitely want to see what's yeah. happening next. You never get. I mean, you never get a full resolution on anything. No, you really don't. Not in superhero comic books. At least not at the big two. Mm -hmm. Speaking of the big two, now that we've wrapped up Secret Wars, we're going to reveal to our readers what we're going to cover next. So we didn't get a whole lot of suggestions. We got one that. I kind of wanted to save maybe till later. It's kind of shorter. Mm -hmm. We'll get into it at some point. But we are going to be covering the first DC crossover, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Our namesake. Uh, no, 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 definitely not. Fair use, fair use, fair use, fair use. <laughs> parody, parody, fair use. Um, so, yeah, we're going to be talking about um, Crisis on Infinite Earths. So I'm a little bit less familiar with DC, um, and I think Christy probably is as well. I mean, DC for me as a kid, those were the comic book heroes that I knew. But that's not saying that I knew them very well. Right. And there will be a lot of them in Crisis on Infinite Earths. You will see some parallels with Secret Wars to some extent. I've read it before because I wanted the full history of the DC multiverse. And this is a very important kind of nexus point for the DC multiverse. So we may have to go into a big explanation of that as well. And this will be my first read. That's true. So readers, if you want to read along with um, Crisis on Infinite Earths, unfortunately, DC doesn't have a streaming kind of app. So I recommend that if you want to read along with us to buy from your local comic book store. If you're into digital, I'm sure it's on Comixology. But yeah, we hope you catch us next time, even if you're not a big DC fan, as we um, spend the next however many weeks talking about Crisis on Infinite Earths. And until next time. Slay your enemies and all you desire shall be yours. 